Welcome to the Idea to Startup podcast. We don't have time for an intro because we've got a seven-minute startup episode today. We're starting a business in seven minutes or as close as I can possibly get to seven minutes for what I believe is now the fourth time on the pod. In the past, we started a protein bar company, a kitchen organizing company, and my favorite and maybe the most talked about episode of the podcast, Tuesday Wine Company, in seven minutes. Listeners have grabbed each of these ideas and ran with them. And let me tell you, if you're out there and you want to run with today's idea, I will be very happy. Let me know if you do it. Today, we are tackling parking in New York City, and we are on the clock, so we've got to get to the smooth jazz. I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox, a monthly membership program that provides structure, strategy, and network for entrepreneurs testing and building startup ideas on the side. We help you flesh out and test your idea so you can understand its potential and start working purposefully towards that potential. We put everything we learned from seven years helping over 350 idea stage entrepreneurs build businesses that raised over a hundred million bucks and are now worth nearly a billion into this program. It's a clear step-by-step path with target metrics that'll take you from idea to product. It's the thing I would have killed for when I was working on my idea without direction or a team, which is exactly why we built it. We're going to launch 250 businesses this year. One of those might as well be yours. Head to gettacklebox.com slash no whisper ideas to get the podcast listeners deal. And if you do, I'll see you on Wednesday at our one-on-one strategy session. Back to it. Three people have pitched some version of this idea to me in the past two months, which means by law, I've got to flesh it out on the pod. The basic problem is this. Parking in New York City is terrible. A monthly spot in a garage is in the $500 to $1,000 per month range, and street parking is about as much fun as it sounds. Twice a week, you need to race out to your car and sit in it for an hour and a half, waiting for the street sweeper to come. You then shimmy out of your spot, let the street sweeper sweep, then shimmy back in. Unless someone hid behind the street sweeper and took a spot at the beginning of the street, which is diabolically genius. Because the car whose spot they took is never that mad because they can just move up a spot. But at some point, there's chaos because there aren't enough spots, and a bunch of now-furious New Yorkers engage in a hybrid of cat and mouse with the street sweeper and musical chairs with the other cars, which, if they lose, ends up with them having to search far and wide for a new spot. The stakes are as high as the tempers. Sometimes it feels like I'm in an episode of The Good Place. The whole thing feels like it was crafted in an evil lab. It almost had to be done by a higher or lower power. But we've only got seven minutes, so I think this covers how bad parking in New York City is. Parking in New York is hard, expensive, frustrating, and like everything else here, no one seems to care. We all just put up with it. The problem's been around forever. One of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld from probably two decades ago features George being hired to move cars for alternate side parking. It's also the These Pretzels Are Making Me Thirsty episode. So if it's been this bad for this long, why the heck would it change? A general rule of thumb for startup ideas is that things that haven't changed often don't unless the ground shifts underneath them a bit. If the foundations, the first principles of a market change, there might be an opportunity. If there's no underlying change, there probably isn't. Remember that for later. So what ideas around parking have I been pitched? As you know, people don't think of their startup ideas the way I'd love for them to think of their startup ideas, as customer and problem first, solutions second. 
Instead, people come to me with solutions, which is way more fun to think about, but way less likely to be viable. It's just so unlikely that you'll be able to guess the exact solution a customer would want. The solution needs to be pulled from the specific problem and experience of a customer. But anyway, here are the three most interesting solutions I'd heard. First, TaskRabbit for people to sit in your car and move it for the one and a half hour street sweeping sessions. Second, co-working from your car. Your car on the street basically becomes someone else's office for the day with the condition that they move it when street sweeping comes. This had some add-ons. Wi-Fi service, a possible physical co-working space somewhere nearish to the city that the person could drive your car to and work from, and some other quirky perks. And finally, valet service for the cars, where people would pick up your car from outside your apartment when you were done with it, drive it to a cheap lot in New Jersey or Queens, then drop it off when you needed it. You'd get some number of pickups per month with an extra fee if you needed more. I actually don't hate these ideas. I kind of maybe even like them. But as you know, all babies are cute, so let's dig in and find out what we don't know. We'll do this by asking four questions. We'll start with the biggest one, the question you should immediately ask to start evaluating any startup idea. Why can this exist today when it couldn't exist two years ago? If there isn't a good answer to this, you're likely in trouble. Sometimes the shift is hidden. Ideally, it's hidden, something only you can see because of your domain expertise or network. When everyone is missing something, there's opportunity. When I was building Find Your Lobster in 2011, a mobile dating app driven by Facebook, the prevailing wisdom was that most people under 30 would never use a dating app. But what most people missed was the seismic shift that had happened. Legacy dating apps weren't built on top of Facebook, and all the new dating apps would be. Facebook would allow apps to help you meet your friends' single friends. It brought the industry the one element it needed to truly explode. Trust. Seismic shift. Massive opportunity. So, in the parking world, is there a shift? Why does this problem deserve a new solution? What's changed? When I did a bit of research, I realized that a few things actually had changed. First, there are a lot more people in New York City with cars. This is partially anecdotal and partially factual. Anecdotally, parking garages are often completely full when I never saw that pre-pandemic. Monthly parking rates are in many cases two times as expensive as pre-pandemic, and spots on the street sure seem to be harder to find. Factually, the number of cars sold the past few years exploded. There are more cars than there were. Second, there are more people with homes upstate and apartments in the city than there were before. Again, anecdotal and factual. Anecdotally, I saw everyone I knew leave the city. Factually, there was a bum rush of homes purchased in the areas surrounding the city during the pandemic, and then a bum rush of apartment rentals when people were summoned back to the office in the city, at least part-time. Third, hybrid work means people are in the office far less than before. So to summarize, there are more cars, more people with places to drive those cars to, and more time to drive those cars to those places. That is a shift. Maybe a seismic one? it's at least worth exploring. Parking is a problem in New York City passes the first test. There might be solutions that are possible now when they weren't a few years before because of a fundamentally different landscape. So we move on. Next question, who is our customer? I always think about two things when I think about customer. First, the problem. I use six criteria to determine a good problem and I do not work on startups that do not have a good problem. 
the best problems hit the most criteria most aggressively. Those criteria are painful, urgent, expensive, growing, frequent, and obvious. Second, I think of the specific customer we'll choose to build for. You might not know exactly who this is just yet, but for our purposes, we can take a guess. To be worth our time to build for, a customer needs three criteria in addition to feeling the problem as we just described. They need to be cohesive as a market, meaning they will talk with people like themselves constantly, and specifically talk about the problem that we're solving. Second, they need to expect similar value. We can't build a bunch of iterations of a product. The first version of the product that we build needs to be a great product for all of the customers we choose to build for. And third, these customers need to have lots of things in common in addition to the problem we're solving. We want to maximize the chances they bump into each other. That's how our business is going to spread early on. Customer will be a journey. You'll likely pick the wrong customer to start. and As you learn more, you'll get more and more specific. But since we've got to start somewhere, I'll take a stab. I'll use a customer segment I know pretty well through friends and friends of friends, and we'll go from there. That customer segment is people living in New York City with young kids who either have a house a few hours away or whose grandparents live a few hours away. This customer has flexible work days. Usually they're working from home on Thursday and Friday. Probably both people in the couple work to be able to afford the lifestyle and to be able to afford the car, and they travel most weekends out of the city. From a problem perspective, let's see how they stack up. Parking is painful because of the price or that crazy dance I mentioned earlier. It's expensive if they pay for that parking. It's frequent in that every time they have to park, they're probably pissed. And every time the bill comes, it's big. And it's obvious. It's a thing that happens a lot, so they talk about it a lot. From a customer perspective, they're pretty good customers. The customer is cohesive. People with kids can't stop talking with each other about any and everything. They also expect similar value, I think. We would need to research this a little bit more, and they would definitely bump into each other. They also complain about this problem. I've heard it constantly from this customer. All three product suggestions we got were from this customer segment. So far, so good. The follow-on to the customer criteria is what I call the game of telephone scale. How quickly after one of these customers bought your product would all the rest of their friends hear about it? Could you rely on growing through word of mouth? The answer is a resounding yes. Parents whose kids are friends aren't necessarily friends themselves, but they have to spend a lot of time together, so they need to search for things to talk about. You better believe that every Wednesday while they're waiting for their kids to be done with preschool or jujitsu or whatever, parents are talking about their weekend plans. On Monday, they're talking about how their weekend just was. On Tuesday, they're making small talk about how they can't believe it's only Tuesday. Huge points for the telephone score. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Now, product. The product would need to be pulled directly from the customer in their specific use case. I'd likely need some interviews to get to this, and because I love you all and I found this topic actually pretty interesting, I did a few. I know this customer and it was pretty easy to run 15-minute interviews about how and when they use their car. The answer to that question was Thursday to Sunday, three weekends a month. I asked when the last time they needed it on a non-Thursday to Sunday was, and no one could even think of a time. I asked one more question that was actually a serious red flag. I asked what they were doing now to try to better solve the parking situation. Everyone seemed to complain about this a lot, so what were they trying? 
had they maybe tried parking in New Jersey and Ubering in for a while to save cash or had they considered selling their car or anything. And like true New Yorkers, all they'd really done was complain and then stiffen their upper lip and deal with it. For an entrepreneur, this is not good. Your goal is to only build for a customer that's actively trying to find a better solution to the problem you're going to solve. We don't want to have to convince our first customer their problem is worth solving, then convince them that our solution is the thing to solve that problem. We need a customer already actively looking for a solution. Complaining is good, but only if it drives action. I saw complaining, but no action. Definitely something to keep our eye on. On to the product. When you're thinking products, think again about what's changed that would make a product possible today when it wasn't a few years back. Based on what I heard from the customer, the third idea mentioned at the beginning of the pod actually makes the most sense for us, at least as a jumping off point. A valet service that picks up a customer's car on Sunday and drops it off on Thursday. The service parks at a garage somewhere nearby, but in a cheaper location, maybe New Jersey or Queens. But what about this is new to this moment in time? Well, again, I did a little legwork for you. I placed a call to three companies in New Jersey and Queens that have over 500 employees in a commercial building. I asked about their parking lots. Were they emptier now than they were pre-pandemic? The answer, a resounding yes. A big chunk of their employees were now full-time remote, and their parking lot was half empty. Hey, I asked, would they be interested in letting me rent a few spaces in their lot for cheap? They said, yeah, sure, maybe. A new variable, cheap, newly available spots. I always look for business model innovation as well as product innovation too. Business model innovation is criminally overlooked. Instead of monthly spots like a garage, we could maybe charge a low monthly fee with a flat add-on for drop-offs. We could hire gig workers to valet. We could even think about owning those cars and having this as more of a rental service, especially if the fleet was electric. But we're getting carried away. Last question for today's episode is maybe the most important. How would we test this out this weekend? When you're running a test, you want to first identify the absolute biggest assumption you're making. If you're wrong about this thing, the business crumbles. I happen to think the biggest assumption I'm making is that people will actually take action. Would this be a vitamin or a painkiller? If we built something, would people cancel their parking garage and immediately sign up? Or... Is their parking garage plus a little complaining good enough? So the way I would test is maybe through some Instagram ads with a landing page with a price and value prop and sign up. Maybe flyers at local daycares. Maybe chatting up folks outside the parking garage on a Thursday, walking in to pick up their car. The call to action would be something around the value. We bring you your car on Thursday, we pick it up on Sunday, and we charge you one half what a garage would. Sign up to be one of our first 250 cars, launching first in Tribeca, something like that. Once we got signups, if we did get signups, we'd hop on the phone and hear more about the specific problem, the desired solution, and the level of intent. Would these people get off their ass to do something? This very well might be a whisper idea. We need to dig in and see if the baby was actually ugly or not, but it checks off some interesting boxes. A fundamental shift in first principles over the past few years, a quality problem, a quality customer, a high telephone score, and fairly simple to test. The last big and maybe insurmountable blind spot is me. I have no unique knowledge starting this business, 
no experience with these types of logistics or with the algorithm on the back end that would be needed or even with this customer segment. It's a big red flag, though one that might be mitigated through interviews, advisors, and team. But I think the idea is worth a weekend or two of tests. Let me know if you run them. I'd be curious to hear how they go. On my end, I'll be trying to think of a punny name for the parking business. That was Start a Startup in 7 Minutes. This was the Idea to Start a Podcast. And if you've got a startup idea, maybe even the one we just talked about, that you'd like to test, join the Tacklebox membership at gettacklebox.com slash nowhisperideas to get the podcast listeners discount. Have a great week. 